Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I have a very unusual focus for this show. I'll be joined by Kathy Clotes guest, and we'll explore how to implement brainstorming and collaborative storytelling to create content ideas and to generate ideas that can move your marketing department and your business forward. And I got to tell you, we do some of this kind of exercise stuff in this podcast that I think we're going to model for you that you could do for your business. So if your marketing department is needing some new ideas or you need new content ideas, this is a crazy goldmine of uh, of an exercise that we're going to do together in this podcast that I think literally you could just model and do for your business. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool tool that is a focused writing app called IA Writer. I think I've heard of this before. Was, were these people at Social Media Marketing World by chance? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I guess I... You know what? I don't think so because if so, I would have recognized them because I've known about them for a few years. But they keep upping their game, and the reason I wanted to bring them up is because they've got uh, cross-platform, you know, usage now. They've got Windows, they've got Mac, they've got Android, they've got iOS, and I just kept coming back to this app. I use it a lot. It's it's a really cool way to remove distractions. Something I'm always trying to do when you're wanting a calm and focused writing space and you know writing for anything writing for blog posts writing for you know meeting notes or outlines uh writing up podcast uh show notes writing up tweets for that matter or podcast uh not podcast um facebook um you know post text so how, how does it and, work so what it does is essentially what it does is it literally transforms into either a white with black letters or a black with white letters. That's the night mode. And it takes up the entire screen of whatever device it is that you're using it on mobile or desktop and makes it so that nothing else, you know, is, is there in your periphery. There's even a, uh, a focus mode inside of this thing where it dims out everything but the current sentence that you're writing. So it helps you stay in the flow. You're not looking back at what you've already written. You're just kind of Okay, let's get it down. Let's get it done. Let's let's write as quickly as possible and be focused. Yeah, there. Um, that's really cool. There was a um, a similar tool that I had heard of, which just shows you one line at a time, and and it and your next line disappears from the prior line. I don't think this is the same app, but this is really cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like it's just meant to 
be simple, right? And to remove mm-hmm. all the bolding and all that other distractions so you can just do what you're best at, which is right. So um, very interesting. Now, is this just a, is this a web-based thing or can you use it on your phone also? Yeah, so you can use it on all different devices, desktop and mobile, and it's it's cross it's cross platform. So it's got Windows for desktop, it's got Mac for desktop, and then it's got, you know, Android and iPhone and iPad. And what's cool is if you're using a combination of all those different types of devices, you can just sync your writing across all of them if you've got it, you know, on any of those different platforms. So Say you're out and about and you're like, ooh, that's a really cool idea for writing. Let me sit down and write distraction-free for a minute on my phone. And then you get back to your desktop, whether it's a Windows or a Mac, and it's already there. So do you find that using this has helped you write? Because I know it's not your favorite activity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, being able to have – I will actually turn on that focus mode where it – you know, the the lines that I've already written start to fade out – as and and you know as they go further up the page and the current sentence i'm writing is is almost like it's in bold there so it's like okay just finish this sentence then move on to the next one and this is this an app or is this like an extension or what is this exactly it's it's literally an app i mean you you go and you pay for it and you download it on those different platforms that you want to use it for cool so awesome what's it cost so the cost for the mobile is four ninety nine on the platforms, and then on the desktop it's a twenty nine ninety nine one time purchase. But then you own it. Awesome. And where do we find it? You find it at ia.net. One last question: Does it export in different formats like Word and all that kind of fun stuff? If you wanted to get it into Microsoft Word, or is it just? Oh yeah, yeah. It? You can you can export out into all the different flavors of you know, combinations of documents like PDF and word and, and all those, you know, text only even just, you know, got it. It's very, very versatile. Cool. It's called IA writer and you can find it at IA.net. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for this week's interview with Kathy Clotes Guest. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today I'm very excited to be joined by Kathy Clotes Guest. If you don't know who she is, she is a storytelling expert. She's the author of Stop Boring Me. She also hosts a live show called Yes And Brand Show. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming. Today, we're going to explore how to create amazing content using lessons from improv. Um, I would love to hear your story. Sounds like there's some background in there in improvisational comedy. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. But how did you get to become a storytelling expert? Feel free to start wherever you want. Uh, such a big and great question. I think storytelling was always what marketing was supposed to be and what I did in marketing. So sort of the, to back that up, I spent 15 years in tech and came through marketing and communications. And uh, at the same time, five, six nights a week, I was hitting stand-up comedy and improv comedy stages. And so uh, when I left tech, I had amassed a couple of decades of both storytelling 
from a, a marketing and communications standpoint and also stage storytelling. And we would do mm. these amazing scenes in improv comedy and I'd have these amazing storytelling nights on the stand-up stage. And I thought, you know, we have to bring more of these concepts from the comedy stage to the business page. And there's a way to do that. And that was sort of the impetus to bring these two worlds into some kind of alignment. Can you explain what improv comedy is for those that may not maybe haven't witnessed it? Yeah, sure. And I hope they do. I hope you do. Um, people listening might recognize uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? If you've seen Whose Line Is It, it Anyway, um, that is improv comedy. And that's short form. And improv comedy is all about getting a suggestion from the audience and then taking that suggestion and building a scene real time without a script with the other members of your team. And it is the most improvised on the spot without a net storytelling experience that there is. And it's collaborative. And it's, I think, what storytelling can be in business. So so you were basically working a corporate job and you were doing comedy at nights. Is that what I'm hearing? And you began to kind of start to see these two things merge together. If that's the case, like, tell me more. Like, how did that lead to what you're doing now? Absolutely. Well, I started realizing, oh my gosh, we're, we're having these transformational and really engaged audiences and people are at the edge of their seats and we're telling stories and people are, we're breaking that fourth wall in performance, which means the audience is like shouting stuff at us and they're part of the experience. And it's this, you know, you give a little over here and somebody contributes and you yes and, and then the, the story goes in this amazing direction and it's super collaborative. And yet over in business, we have these really boring, staid, old models of storytelling, which are not collaborative. They're very focused on the business and not the audience. And I thought, you know, my brain started going like crazy. Like, why is it that we can't take these concepts or nobody's doing that? And I thought, this is this is something we have to do. We've got to take these concepts of creating together and collaboratively with audiences and bring this into companies where, you know, what if we took down that business company wall, that firewall? What if we actually created stories with our audiences, our customers and our partners? And what if we actually started having more fun? What would that look like? And so for me, um, after kind of trying to do that, and I ended up running uh, marketing communications, the last job I had in tech, I was running marketing communications and I looked at storytelling that way. And then my son was born and I went, you know, this is the impetus I need. This is the push and the catalyst I need to go out there and, and do this and bring these threads of all the stage work I had, I had amassed over two decades and all the, the business experience in corporate that I had amassed and like create a mashup of, of, of things that could make storytelling, I think, more refined and more amazing. How many years ago did you, was your son born? Eight years ago. So there you go. Awesome. And now, now tell us what you're doing today. So the work that I do today is very much that. It's working with companies to help them look at their storytelling and their communications and where are the leaks? Where are they not being effective? Where are they not sticking? Where are they not creating collaborative experiences? Where are their holes? And a lot of it can be changed by communicating better among a team internally and also with your audience. And how can you create storytelling that has legs? How can you break that fourth wall? I think a lot of it is just th rethinking 
the entire storytelling experience that companies are doing. And I think breaking that fourth wall is not an option anymore. So is there a name for this concept that we're talking about here? <laughs> you know, I think it really comes down to collaborative storytelling. I think it is uh, improv meets, meets uh, narrative strategy. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. So let's talk about this concept of collaborative storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. What's the benefit to, biz, to marketers listening right now? I think the biggest benefit is that storytelling is superficial and transactional, most of it. And it's not because businesses don't care. I think they just don't know how. Or maybe they're not exposed to these things. And I think the biggest benefit is if you let that wall down and you created more with your customers and you had more interactive experiences, you would have higher engagement you'd have better ideas and you'd have just a better sense of engagement from your customers on what they liked and what they didn't like. Fascinating. So let's talk about the word collaborative a little bit and maybe unpack this a little bit for the marketers Mm -hmm. listening right now, because what does that really mean? Yeah. Well, collaborative is really a couple things. I think internally it means that your team is working better together to come up with ideas. So a lot of times teams, um, you have all this untapped capital, but teams may not come up with ideas that are different and fresh because they're just not communicating or they don't, they've been doing the same things over and over again and they haven't looked at things in new ways. And What if you actually put a call out to your customers and said, hey, help us finish the story. What do you like about the story? How would you make it better? What if you actually let them write some of the story for you? What would that do for engagement? What would that do for your storytelling? Would you get some feedback back if they created content? What would you create? And just experimenting with these different types of models, um, you, you know, look at look at Deadpool, look at uh, Marvel, how they've broken that that uh, fourth wall in a lot of their storytelling. And you have these frames where the characters are talking to the audience. <laughs> yeah, and, and for those that don't like, I don't yeah. watch it, so I'm not familiar with it. Tell us more about what they're doing. Yeah, so what they're what they're doing is they're actually having these moments where. You, you break the character, you break the script, and you turn to the audience, to the camera, like much like The Office, um, where you're actually talking to either the cameraman or you're talking to uh, Survivor does Survivor does that, too, sometimes. Yes. Okay, yes. I get it now. Okay. Absolutely. So, so why is that? Why is that? Um, like, help, help us understand, like, you know, how, what kind of, what is that? Why is that valuable? What does that do? Like, help us understand why that is useful because it does seem counterintuitive to the way most of us think of storytelling, right? Usually we're thinking that you're a passive observer (laughs) watching a story being told. Um, What's the advantage there? I think it's really um, part of it is storytelling and part of it is story making. Mm. And if you are co-creating a story with your audience, they're going to share it. We share things that we create. So it's kind of like, I I always joke, it's like, you know, if you've got kids um, and they they make something, you hang it up on the fridge. If you make a piece of content, you share it. If you're interviewed in a podcast, you share it. If you made that conversation, because we're making this together, we're creating it together in real time. You're going to share it. I'm going to share it. People are going to share it. And when you do that, people share things they were a part of, because when you create together, you increase the emotional investment in that outcome. And for the record, 
I am going off script here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it's okay because, you know, that's the whole point, right? Like, like as we are talking, I'm beginning to like ask questions that aren't even like things that we talked about, but I think it's appropriate because, you know, this is what your specialty is. So um, where do we start? If we want to do some collaborative storytelling, I mean, what would you recommend? What would be some of the beginning you know, stages of having dialogue with either our fellow marketers or some of our customers uh, or even prospects? How do we like, what do we do? That's such a great question. And I, I, I first want to say, I, I, it's awesome that you're, you're going off script because we're yes anding. This is what we're doing. You're, right. you're, you're giving me something and I'm yes anding you. And I think that's exactly what a great conversation is. So there's a couple of ways you can start. You can throw out a piece of content you can ask for feedback and you can ask, how would you make this better? What is a story that you're struggling with? And how would you finish the story? Um, create a story with a beginning and a middle and ask people how they would end the story. Hmm. Give us a quick um, example maybe. Oh yeah. So many times, um, uh, you know, I'll throw a piece of content and ask, here's, here's what I think the the plot is. How would you move the plot forward? Um, IBM years ago, when they got out of the, uh, they got out of the PC business because there weren't margins in it. And they said, you know what, we don't know how this story ends. Could you help us further this story by being part of a smarter planet initiative? And they asked their partners to help them rewrite a new story for IBM because they were getting slaughtered. And so they sold off their PC business and they said, hey, we don't know what this new story is going to be. Could you help us write a new chapter? And people started saying, here's what I think you could do. And I think here's the story of Smarter Planet. And do you know that their partners and their customers helped them rewrite that Smarter Planet initiative? They, they tossed it to their audience. Was it risky? Absolutely. Did it work for them? Absolutely. Huh. Um, what about the small business people that maybe don't have you know, the resources of an IBM? I would imagine the ideas still apply. But yeah. um, let's say that... Let's let's take the example of um, a company that has a conference, right? Like us, mm-hmm. social media marketing world. You've been there, right? So I yeah. guess we could go to our people who've been to our conference and ask them certain kinds of questions, like, "What would you do to make this event better next year?" Is that the same kind of idea, or is that different? I'm, that's where I'm struggling a little bit. Yeah, I, I would ask them to if if you were writing the story of social media marketing world, what would that look like? You know. You went to this conference. What were you able to do differently? If we were a story and we were telling our story from our website, what would it look like? Who's the, you're the hero of the story. What were you able to do as a result of it? Write your story. Write your social media marketing uh, hmm. story. And, and help us write ours. What is it that, that we're helping you do better in the world? And then share those stories. Or maybe start the story and say, hey, once upon a time, there was this conference um, in true sort of classic stage technique style. And everything was great. And then, and then one day, this disruption happened. We, we grew. We grew really fast. And we discovered people needed different things. And because of that, we started adding all kinds of new things and new sessions and Instagram sessions. And because of that, we helped our followers grow their Instagram. And because of that, more people come back to social media marketing world every year. And because of that, you're able to do what? We want to hear your story, Write That social media marketing world story. We want to know and encourage them to take that story, make it their own and share that content out. Could I put my staff in a conference room and play the same storytelling thing with them? Absolutely. 
you know, absolutely. because it, I mean, they're part of the making of the story as well, right? Like there's, the, you bet, you bet they are. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's in the, and one of the beauties about, I think is checking in with your audience, your staff, your employees, your customers, your partners is they may finish the story differently from you and make it better. And also help you understand where maybe there's a gap in your story where it could have been different or better. And maybe the ending is, is something you never saw possible and they came up with something better and more powerful. Are there any particular things we need to be careful of when we're doing this kind of uh, collaborative and provative and provative? I mean, is there, is there no wrong answers? You, you use the word yes. And a lot. Yeah. I'd love you to maybe expand on that a little bit. Sure. Yes, and is the the heart and soul of improv. It's how we build scenes on a stage, and what it says is, uh, we don't deny or we don't block, it, and and it means if if somebody on stage endows you as a as a, uh, um, you know, I came out one time on a, on a stage and I was a mom, and then somebody endowed me as a werewolf. Well, you know what? I'm the best damn werewolf mom, you know, <laughs> this side of Silicon Valley. <laughs> and so what we do, in other words, the concept of yes and is we integrate. Rather than deny that you you said werewolf, all right, now the story is I'm a mom werewolf. So the story takes these turns because I'm constantly integrating a new idea. Now, here's here's the the, the thing that we have to be careful of is that yes and doesn't mean, if somebody comes up with a, an idea that you think, well, that's taking our brand way off brand, and that's, that's, that's not something that fits with, with um, where we're headed, you don't have to actually use that version of the story. So yes and doesn't mean uh, we're going to build it, we're going to fund it, we're, we're definitely going to do it. So you entertain the, you listen to it though, right? Because normally if you're like in a brainstorming session with people, yes. you know, that's very different than what we're talking about here, right? It's completely different. Yes. Yes. And so yes. And means you listen, you hit it on the head, Mike, you're going to listen and you're going to add on. Now you may not end up using the, those ideas, but the beauty about yes. And is that you may end up at a crazy place of Z go from A to Z and you might go, you know, Z is really not us. However, by virtue of listening and yes, Andy people, you may end up with a story that's somewhere in the middle, like MNOP, and it's 10 times better than where you were at A. So you're, you may not be able to use all the ideas, but by listening and yes, Andy, and not shooting people down and their ideas down, you're going to end up with ideas that you just never saw, you never imagined possible. And that's really the beauty of listening and being open to a yes and kind of, of brainstorming session. What kind of skills do we need or what do we need to know before we start having these kinds of dialogues? Because not all of us are um, able to just swing with th whatever is thrown at us, right? That's yeah. a special talent. So how? what tips and techniques that you do you do you have for people who might want to try this but don't understand the first thing about improv <laughs> and that's okay you don't have to and for the record improv is so much more than being funny it's just entertaining new ideas that's right. really what it is right i'd say this the first thing is listen just really listen um I, human beings and and i'm guilty too it's just that my threshold of awareness because i've been doing improv for 20 years is 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 higher than the average person is a lot of times when somebody's talking we're in our own head um, thinking about what we're going to do next or maybe we're thinking about lunch we're thinking about that cupcake or we're thinking about whatever um, and so i think the really important thing is to listen and then even if you don't like an idea your gut goes meh it might not be right it's okay 
Yes, and isn't, you know, you're not putting a, a ring on that, that uh, idea's finger. You're just taking it out for a drink. Um, just, just see it as, all right, yes, and I hear that, and we could do this other thing. So keep in mind, you don't have to make a commitment to the idea. If yes and feels very stilted for you, don't, don't worry about it. You can use things like, okay, tell me more about that idea. Mm-hmm. Or, all right, I like where you're going. Can you help me understand this? Right. All, all of that is positive framing. So find what works for you. Does it make sense sometimes to bring in somebody who understands how to do this kind of stuff? Oh, it definitely does because it, it, it's so true. I mean, um, you know, one of my favorite examples is uh, I, I, I did yes and with a with a very technical team, and you know, it's a new it's a new concept for them. And you know, um, you know, somebody in the brainstorming said. Yes, and that idea sucks. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we all laughed, and we all left it. I said, "Well, that yeah. really violates the technically you hit you hit it, it, it semantically, but it violates the spirit of yes and." So let's try it again. And everybody laughed. And it's okay to have a human moment. It's okay to do that. When we when we are facilitating these kinds of dialogues and we're just kind of, you know, letting these ideas come in and then maybe using these to um, spring to another idea, right? Because that's kind of where I think this goes, right? Because if yeah. I think of a traditional story like that we read our kids, right? Like, um, you know, you're, you're walking through a jungle and you see this and then all of a sudden you see that, you know, and, and each of these things you see leads you down different sub paths and stuff. I can see how that could get you somewhere you never would have gotten without doing this. But what goes through my mind is, should we be recording this? Because like we could lose some really good ideas as we're going down the path. Couldn't we? Absolutely. And I actually really encourage people to record those sessions or to have a graphic. Sometimes you have a graphic facilitator who maps things out graphically, visually, however you need to do it. Um, I totally agree. Um, you know, you're going to get some amazing ideas that you never would have thought possible by virtue of just yes, anding somebody's idea. And you know, some of those aren't going to be viable. However, you will forget if you don't record it, you're going to forget some of this stuff and you'll definitely want to come back to it later because even if you don't use an idea in the short run, you know, you might actually put that in an idea parking lot and uh, go back and revisit that idea down the road. How do you frame this? Let's say we get a bunch of people in a room together um, Uh, or on a Skype call or whatever. How do you frame like the starting of this dialogue? What would you say to that group? Yeah. You know, I typically start out if if they're, you know, uh, uh, it's it's interesting. Brand folks are a little bit more logo on faith, technical people, not so much, but it really starts with, Hey, we're going to, we're going to generate some great ideas. Let's, I want to, I want to do something a little different. I want to sort of try some new things. If you're not familiar with this type of stuff, just go on faith. Let's just have a positive yes and um, session. I typically explain what it means. And then I do a really short exercise, Mike. I do a yes, but exercise. Talk to us about that. What is that? Yeah, I do a quick yes, but that's how most people operate. Most of us go through our day. Yes, buddy and ideas all day long. Yes, but that won't work. Yes, but my idea is better. Yes, but I agree with everything you said, except for my idea is better, (laughs) which but invalidates everything that came before. And we think because we said yes, that nobody heard the buts. Mm. And so typically what I do is I'll do a short little exercise with yes, but I'll have them yes, but each other and everybody giggles and everybody gets the point. And then everyone goes, yeah, that kind of sucks. And I go, did your ideas go anywhere? And they'll, they'll be like, no. And how many of you, how many of you, yes, but other people a lot 
you know, nobody raises their hand. And they probably like, aren't even aware of it, I'm guessing. They're not even aware of it. And then I say, well, how many of you feel yes butted every day? And they all raise their hands. And I said, well, somebody's doing some yes button here. So we have, <laughs> exactly. Is like a Santa Claus of yes butt that's like sneaking into your chimney? Somebody's yes buddy. And that's the thing. We have a good human laugh. And then when I get them to understand how that feels when somebody yes butts them in a conversation, it raises the awareness. And then I say, all right, well, we're going to try the contrast. We're going to try the yes and. And I want them to have that frame of reference to feel the difference. We're going to try yes and. You don't have to make a commitment to the idea. I just want you to experience idea flow. And once you get into an idea flow, all these amazing things will happen because you heard somebody out. And then it changes their perspective. I find that contrast to be actually sort of a level setting for people. Um, one of the things that I really want to focus on is how we can use this to create content. Mm -hmm. um, I think you believe and I believe that content is really, whether it be this a podcast, audio content or video content or written content, I mean, this is kind of the central tenet of so much marketing these days. So if, it, and I would imagine you can use this to do almost anything, but if we just use this to maybe for the marketers who are listening right now who are thinking that they want to create some more content, um, once we've got through the exercise, how would we phrase this to focus in and on content? Sure. Uh, well, take a piece of content. So take a piece of content that maybe uh, has been successful and start use that as a starting point. And now ask yourself, how can I repurpose this piece of content? So maybe you've mm. got uh, a slide share, you, just for the sake of argument, you, you did slide share. And now, you, now let's figure out how we can do something in addition to this. And the slide share was about, uh, you know, maybe it was 10 ways to, to use Instagram. Perfect. And then you might, we, you and I might go through a brainstorming and you say, well, how about, uh, yes. And we do 10 more ways to use Instagram to integrate, uh, customers passions. And I say, yes. And a high percent of our users love pets. So let's create, let's create a, a pet day on Instagram. And let's do it. Can, let's do this right now. You yeah. and me. Okay. So, so, okay. So do I have to say yes. And every time before I say something, you do, you say yes. And, and okay. the and is very important. You're adding on to advance the idea. Okay. So you already said, uh, you already said, uh, let's start with the 10 Instagram ideas you start and then I'll, I'll yes. And you let's try it. Okay, so uh, how about 10 ways to help people grow their Instagram business? Yeah. Yes, and how about we take that 10 ways to grow your Instagram business and we create it as a brand new Instagram TV like two-minute video? Ooh, yes, and how about we take that and we create a traveling show where we visit uh, small businesses and ask them, on our IGTV, how they're using Instagram and create a traveling version. <laughs> wow. Um, yes. And while we're traveling there, um, we get them to um, create uh, an Instagram live of the actual, we create an Instagram live of the actual experience while we're at that event. Yes. And while we're creating a live experience, we have people tell their stories and ask how uh, they might tell somebody else's story differently. This is where it gets fascinating. Like, yeah. uh, do I have to 
do I have to bridge off of your exact idea or can I just say yes and another idea? Because that's where it gets pretty tricky, right? Because it's like, wow, how am I going to, you know, like I, I see where this is going and this is the part of the dialogue that I think is interesting, right? Because the idea is I'm supposed to actively listen to your idea and take your idea one step further. Is that the idea? That is correct. Uh, that, that is it. How, and, and here's the, it is tricky. However, think of it this way. If there's something that I said that sparked, ooh, ooh, she said this, and that's the thread you want to go down, it's perfectly okay. And it's about not judging yourself either. Don't judge somebody else's idea and don't judge yourself. Go Follow the thread that's most interesting to you. If something got you excited that I said, by can all I, can, means, I, can I go back even if it was a couple things ago or do I have to stay with the most recent thing? Stay with the most recent, but Got if it. it's connected, but if it's connected, right. um, you know, add it. The other thing you can do is in a brainstorming session, you can go back to that base that that you want to go down and start a new thread. I see. So we can go back to that original idea of the 10, maybe the blog post that was 10 Instagram ideas, and now we're going to go down another path, right? A- absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. That, absolutely. Let's try that again, because I, I mean... I, you know, let's just say, let's just start with the um, the original concept, which let's say we had a blog post of ten Instagram articles. Uh, I mean, ten Instagram tips. Um, I'm going to say yes, and let's create an article out of each one of those tips, so we actually end up with ten articles. Yes, and let's create videos of each of those tips where we go into more detail. Ah, yes, and let's republish those Instagram videos on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Ooh, yes, and let's connect those to some fun images and turn those into Facebook posts. Yes, and let's make sure that those Facebook posts tag some of our influencer crowd so that we can maybe get some reach on those things. Yes, and let's ask those influencers to maybe join in and create their own tip. Yeah, this is cool. So people are understanding how this works now, right? Because you and I are doing it. And I could see how with just two people, this would be very hard. It sounds like the bigger the room, the better I would imagine, right? Or or what's the ideal size? The ideal size is, I would say, probably about five or six people. Once once you get over that, it gets gets a little bit tricky. Because it's not easy to like on the fly do that. You know what I mean? Like you and it's, I did it, but it wasn't, wasn't simple. <laughs> it isn't simple. Cause it's a different way of thinking. It's a really different way of thinking the, here's the thing. Um, small groups, four to six people are a good size because it's manageable. Right. It's manageable. And you also have to pull people back sometimes because some people will go off on their own and it happens and, and that's okay. So small, small groups, I'd say, you know, four to six is a, just a good amount where everybody can feel heard Right. And you can have some really interesting branches come out of this and some really interesting ideas. I like the idea of drawing it out on the whiteboard so that you could go back to any one of those little hub branch, those little ideas and, and, and thread off of those, right? Because that way everybody sees it right up there on the board. Yeah. Because you could forget those things really easily when it's almost like a game. It's like you're gamifying it. But when you document it like on a huge whiteboard like we have in our conference room, then whoever is facilitating it could say, all right, let's go back to this one right here and let's branch off some ideas off of that one. Is that fair? It, that's exactly right. You go to the ones that are most viable, the ones that the group go, hey, we really like this. Let's go back to this and let's dig deep. Then you go back to that idea that you really like and you really branch off or go deep into the one that everybody goes, that's the one that that has some real traction. Yeah. What do we do? 
I mean, obviously, I would imagine pretty rapidly, like in 20 minutes or so, we could come up with like a lot of different ideas. Once we've got those ideas up on the board, if you will, or Mm -hmm. documented in some way, what do you recommend be the next step? So I really recommend um, make sure everything's documented. Go to the ones that you think are viable um, and probably uh, short-term versus long-term. The ones that you think you can do pretty quickly and the ones that have legs. And go do a deeper dive on that. Take the ones that you think are viable that might be down the road. Don't lose those. Come back to those. The ones that you that are short-term viable might have further branches. And if you think that, wow, we just created a whole bunch of, of you know, Instagram videos that we could chunk up and turn into shorter videos um, and do this on YouTube, go ahead and take those branches that are viable and immediate and actionable and work on those first. Have you done this in the context of content before? Yes, I have. I don't know if without, you don't have to mention names of clients and I don't even know if it's if it's in your memory banks, but if you've got any examples of maybe we started here and we ended up with some of these things just so people can understand what could be possible, or even if it's for your own brand, is there any examples that you could talk about that might give people a little bit of, wow, that could come from something like this? Sure. Well, one of the things that I, so there's a couple of different examples I'll give you. One was with a, with a bank and this bank, um, traditionally kind of conservative, kind of credit union, and one of the things that they were missing is that um, a lot of their audience, um, they're trying to attract millennials, but the average age of their their customer base was, you know, in their 50s. Nothing wrong with that. You know, they're trying to earn more of that millennial money. So this session kind of... Um, had all these offshoots where they could actually go in, bring in millennials, interview them, um, ask them what they wanted, which led to actually the the output. The final result was they brought in a millennial team, fed them lunch, and made them for two hours. They were the board of directors for the bank, and they they had a meeting for two hours of all the things they would like to see. And they let the millennials for two hours pretend they were the board of directors. Here's what we would build. They came up with some amazing ideas like, you know, some of it might not be viable, but it was like bring your your pet uh, uh, into the bank day. Um, they came up with starting funds, uh, accounts where some of that uh, money would go to different charities that the bank would allow them to do. Cool. Um, new instruments, new deposit accounts came out of that idea. It was really fascinating. What does that mean, new instruments? Well, meaning new types of accounts. Like if you could create an account that uh, like millennials- a car savings account or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Fascinating. Um, which was really, really cool. So not only did they come out with content ideas, they came up with new product ideas. And and it was just a really interesting thing to to be there and see this kind of happen. Um, so R- car share- Real quick, real quick on that yeah. one. So did it start? Yeah. Did it start with with a brainstorming? kind of uh, yes and collaborative thing internally with the bank people and then bringing in these external people? Like was this idea to bring these millennials an offshoot of an initial improvisational kind of experience? And then did you do it again when you brought in the, uh, the millennials? We did. So yes, yes and yes. It, during the during the original brainstorming, somebody said, "Well, how are let's not suppose what they want. Why don't we bring them in and have them?" And I said, "Great idea." We brought some of them in, and then I facilitated the session over lunch, and they ran like 
a board of directors and I was facilitating the meeting and all these amazing ideas came out of it, which came from the original Yes And, which was instead of us coming up with ideas, why don't we bring in the millennials, the audience we want to have more of and like empower them if they're board of directors for two hours, what would they build? Did you did you make the <laughs> bankers like uh, be behind a glass wall and not interrupt that thing? Or did you actually let them participate or what was what did you I, do? I didn't. I only let one person come in and we, we booted everybody else out. So only, they had freedom, right? To do whatever, right? Correct. Correct. Because I didn't want, in this, in every case is different, but in this particular case, we didn't want uh, conservative bankers interrupting and like yes, budding ideas. <laughs> <Yes>. so, we, <laughs> so we, so I said, let's not do that. And it ended up working out pretty well that way. Interesting. Were you going to share another example? I was. So I, I did some work with a ride sharing company and um, they found during the brainstorming meeting, then during the yes and that I said, well, let's let's during the original um, content, how could we combine passions? How could we make our content more focused on what our audience wants it to be? And a couple of yes ands led to, wow, you know, our audience loves pets. And then it was, wow, a high percent of our audience has multiple pets. Then it led to, what if we created a funny campaign of uh, bring your bring your pet to the uh, to the car share service? Or what if we had a funny video on um, a ride sharing service for pets? Your pet wants to go to a doggy birthday party? Let, hey, we're the car riding service for you. And it became like a parody video that they started to brainstorm out. Huh. All, all because of these ideas of, of hearing each other and building on. Fascinating. Um, I know that there's some marketers listening right now that work you know, in a business where they've got to somehow lift this idea up to the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boss might not be open to something like this. And I'm sure that you've actually had this happen where you met someone and they said, well, I would love to use you to lead something like this, but I'm not sure my organization is gonna, <laughs> gonna give the thumbs up for something like this. What tips do you wanna give to people who are thinking about, maybe even if they're just listening to this podcast and they want their boss to listen to this so they can try this internally, any suggestions or tips on people that wanna sell this up the chain? Sure. So I would say start small and get proof of concept. It's really hard to argue with proof of concept. And so I would say without, if you can, if you work in a small office, just start yes anding your, a couple of your coworkers. Agree that you're going to get together and start to, on your own, the best you can, try to use yes andy and anybody can do it. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. Start to generate some ideas start to float these ideas upward and get support. Test some of these ideas in a low-risk environment. Um, maybe test something small online or test run it by a couple of your ideal customers that you know will give you honest feedback. Hmm. And start to get that proof of concept. But I would say fail quickly, fail small if you're going to fail at all. And most of the time people don't fail. It's just a matter of trying and seeing what works and then scale from there. Do you think that we could also go live since so many of us are social media marketers and go live on whatever social platform we want to and just kind of yes. try this out with whoever happens to show up? I mean, have you, ever, have you ever done that before or seen people do that? I do it all the time. I've done it in my Yes and Brand show all the time. I've had people call up and ask live questions and we brainstorm. I've, I've done it. I've seen people do it. Uh, and I think that's that's really where breaking that fourth wall gets really interesting. Imagine having sort of a live brainstorming session and anybody who shows up, 
if you're of your customers or your audience and they want to sort of brainstorm ideas with you, what could come out of that? That could be really interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Tell us more about your, uh, your show, uh, the yes and brand show, what it's about, where we can find it. Sure. So yes, and brand show is a be live, uh, show be live TV. Uh, you can find back episodes through keeping it human.com and yes. And brand show is really about taking concepts from, from improv and sort of blowing them up. So I'll talk to people from, um, influencers to, you know, artists to people doing really cool stuff. And we'll talk about their journey, where they said yes. And along the way, Hmm. um, how they yes. Anded different ideas that led them to where they are. I think it's always instructive to hear somebody's backstory because we all are a product of yes. Anding opportunities that came our way. And how did that work for them? And what were, what were the aha moments? So I think it's, it's technical to some degree, you know, we'll, we'll yes. And ideas with each other but it's also sort of the the macro story of how they got to where they are by yes anding and and even the mistakes they made and how they overcame those awesome well uh kathy i just want to say thank you for going off script with me um i think this is absolutely fascinating dialogue and it's my hope that people are listening right now will start some of these low risk experiments and mess around with this stuff because I might even have my team listen to this and, (laughs) you know, try some stuff for, you know, uh, in the marketing department as we're, as we're starting to gear up for some of the stuff we're working on. Um, why don't you tell everybody, uh, beyond your show where they could reach you if they want to reach out to you? Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn at uh, Kathy Close Guest. I'm at Kathy Close Guest on Twitter. And you can always reach me at keepingithuman.com, which is uh, my my business uh, name. And uh, a lot of these tips and tricks are in the book Stop Boring Me. So you'll get you'll get a bunch of easy tips and tricks that I think I actually think most teams can implement right away and have some fun doing it too. Awesome. And we should say that Clotes is spelled K-L-O-T-Z. And then there's a dash and then the word guest. So thank you so much, Kathy. Oh, thank you, Mike. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. If there's anything we mentioned and you missed it, simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 317. That stands for episode 317. Also, if you're new, hit that subscribe button. If you're a regular, thank you. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.